0: Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect.
1: Hey, hey. Hey, I'm finally here.
2: What do you mean, finally?
1: <laughs> well, we, met, we disconnected on Friday, I mean, on, t- on Wednesday yeah so what so i have a question what is this sunrise thing that you have
2: that's our secret project that we're not allowed to talk about on our show (laughs) oh okay okay (laughs) i just i was like
1: we have we have two meetings and one in sunrise and i'm like okay
2: yeah that's the secret uh, that is the secret project that's the code name i don't actually have a real name for it yet
1: that's okay but that's the that's the, the code name I know what it is now, so I, I know. I, I, when I saw it, I'm like, I have two of them. He never calls me twice in one day, so anyway. So I went down. I went down that
2: Europa, the last battle rabbit hole. Did you ever mm-hmm. watch that? The twelve-hour magnum opus.
1: Uh, let me think. Is that one of the conspiracy things that I recommended for you?
2: Yeah, I think so. It's is a. It... It's the whole. Um, the Jews are behind everything. Right, right, kind of thing.
1: right, right I see I, so twelve I and a half
2: hours of it's the Jews, yeah, well, there,
1: so I have that one I, in, it
2: reminded me of talking to my dad for twelve hours. that's what he oh, was really? he was always about <laughs> he said he 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 was totally convinced that it was a worldwide conspiracy that uh the Jews ran everything, and I'm like, wow, this my dad would have loved this, was I was watching
1: it. So, luckily, I guess, watched it in
2: double speed or triple speed, so I yeah. Get that's usually
1: what I do. That's what, when I'm one of those. If I if I can get the voice to work, because some people I cannot understand it at double speed. Yeah. Most well, a few, I I sh- a few places I had to.
2: A few places I had to slow it slow down. down. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So it's like it's oh man, how biased. <laughs> And, and, and the thing the interesting thing about it is that it probably made some it probably makes some sense. It's, it's kind of like we were talking about truth, right? What is right. truth? And we, we never really get to know what what actual truth is because there's just so much stuff out there that's contradictory. and there's never any, there's never, a, I mean, there's always an, it's an, always yeah, it's an ongoing
1: process. It's an yeah. ongoing process.
2: There's always so, evidence to bo- on both sides saying it's like this or it's like that, or, you know, they're behind this or they're behind that, or somebody's, you know, it's like you can, you can, you can look at, and it's what they, what they say about history, right? It's like the uh, victors write the history. Correct. And it's totally true that we don't really know what happened. We never lived it through it. We never mm-hmm. observed and you never it. And never will.
1: So yeah, a really good example, or for me, a good example is the stuff with the Texas with the Alamo in Texas. Yeah, because it's they are. We've talked about how they have to destroy the myth. They yeah. are chipping away at this thing constantly.
0: Yeah,
1: it's it's not exactly, and I'm like, how are you finding this? Stuff? They so every so often they come up with this new thing that totally reinterprets the the Alamo. Yeah this is this you've watched um liberty a Val- man who shot Bell- liberty balance right yeah yeah you know and, and the old newspaper editors when when the myth and the truth conflict publish the myth
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's that's
1: the, that's the way the alamo is we like the myth there's a reason why it's so strong and it's things we've talked about before is resonance it resonates it's a do or die situation and you died, you chose to die. Yeah. And so it became a metaphor. It's the line in the sand. It, it, you know, I run across that every once in a while. And I actually, one of, one of the uh, few times I've ever seen it in practice, I actually saw it in practice in Williamsport, Pennsylvania, at a, at a hospital there, Sus- Susquehanna
0: mm-hmm.
1: healthcare systems. And the guy said, we're changing this. And the people that are ready for the change get up here
0: mm-hmm.
1: and if you're not ready for the change then leave and so it's like it's the only time i've ever read, I've seen that where they had to put their they had to put their social what do we call it? social capital on the line to to let people know that they bought into it now i know that they did not that they didn't but they thought oh well i don't want to look bad so yep. If the guy was really smart, I didn't get to do the follow-up on that. The guy was really smart. You stood up here. Why didn't you say something back then?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you
1: lied to me. Then are you telling me the truth now? That kind of stuff. Yeah. To put them on the spot. Yeah. Well, uh, have you ever seen the Thin Red Line? No. What is that? Okay. The Thin Red Line is a is a war movie. Mm, I think it's a World War Two movie. It's got it's got a bunch of people in it. So. But there, the reason I'm bringing it up is um, what's his name? Nick, uh, Nick Nolte is like the general, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to think of the guy's name. Uh, and he's a he's a captain or a lieutenant. I forget. I think it's I think he's the captain. And they have charged. They they have told him to charge this machine gun nest. And I mean, his men are getting slaughtered and he says, I'm not going to do that. And the general's I'm coming down there and we're going to talk, you know, this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And what, what happens in the, in the in intervening time is something happens with the ma- machine gun nest that makes it viable to actually attack it and capture it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: While the general's coming down there to read him the riot act right so so he get he does the thing that he was ordered to do but just not on the time frame the general wanted which creates a kind of a conflict for the general Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is all is just if it happens it was meant to happen just not on your time frame right and that's what power a lot of times power is they use they use the the timing of the thing they think well let's do it now well you waited you know an hour 20 minutes or so the situation changes yeah and then it's it's feasible to do it again but you, forcing your forcing your will on i mean um forcing your way of the world on the world you've got to be a strong personality it does mm-hmm. happen there are people who do that but not very many of them right so any anyway, i don't know why we, how do we get off on that anyway <laughs> so yes no, it's like some, rab- whole... some
2: rabbit hole
1: <laughs> well the, the thing that i was going ahead to say is there is the well there this is what this is where the education of the world is lacking because we don't understand what polemics is yeah and polemics is a one-sided argument which is mm-hmm. what you you saw and the other one i don't say it's one-sided but it's pretty close is um the Sympathetic Jew, I uh, know sympathetic view of the Nazis in Germany, mm-hmm. and I—I I mean, well,
2: that's what it dude. was. That's basically what it was. It was, uh, you know, Hitler did nothing wrong. Right. That's the, the one. was the that's
1: whole. Because I, I have another one that's that's kind of long, and I'm it's around the uh, honest. Kind of long. That was twelve and a half hours. I'm. It's a miniseries. <laughs> you know. Uh, um, I'm trying to think. Of, is Anakazi Jews out of
2: um Ashkenazi Jews?
1: That's the ones. Yeah, that's the yeah. ones. And that's you know that's the basis of all evil. So mm-hmm. we'll we'll find out in the <laughs> end whether it's going to be that or not.
2: Well, I I find that this uh, I I think the stuff is it's interesting because I, I actually as I was going through it and they were making these claims, mm-hmm. I went and did my own research to see what what the claims were and like for example the one that i recall the most is the one where they were talking about the diary of anne frank mm-hmm. and they were talking about how the diary of anne frank was probably not written by anne frank because it was all written in ballpoint pen and ballpoint pen hadn't been invented yet right it's kind of like hillary saying oh i i applied for the space program but they they said they didn't take girls like right. 10 years before the space program Exactly, came into like it came into existence, right? So that that one's easy, easily debunkable, right? So I went on to Wikipedia and I did the researching, and they said, well, there is a theory that you know some other dude wrote the wrote the Diary of Anne Frank, and attributed it to Anne Frank, but that's been debunked. And then here's the debunking, and I'm like, wait a minute, this debunking is just as sketchy as the bunking, <laughs> so so it's debunking. like debunking we, we we have no ability to determine the truth none none whatsoever or something even closer to the truth because the the stories are, are you know they debunk each other
1: well it goes back to the what i said when the myth and reality conflict with the published a myth and even i mean i i don't i've never read her diary but i've I, obviously i've seen maybe not obviously i saw the film when i was a kid yeah um and I may have seen it like once since then, I think. Um, yeah, I am I was old enough. I mean, the first time I wasn't old enough, you know, this was... Uh, you, it's funny to me that you can watch a, a film as a kid you have total different memory of it, yeah. of what it was. And and one of really another good examples is To Kill a Mockingbird scared the crap out of me when I was a kid. <laughs> Really didn't, and really, <laughs> didn't watch it again for nearly forty
0: years. Wow!
1: And I was—I I mean, it, truly, it scared me. Like, right at the end, when uh, Scout's running, she's running through the woods with Pam thing on. I mean, I was terrified. That terrified me. Mm. And 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 it's one of those things that you remember as a kid. That forty years later, I'm in, I'm like in in graduate school, and it comes on. So okay, I'm going to watch this. <laughs> and that's when i found out about atticus i totally didn't i didn't care about Atticus. i yeah, care
2: about the kid. that's right that's the only thing that you a, a, appeal to you <laughs> nuts no but that's what yeah, it's I'm, like it just it's and, and and the thing is about this about conspiracies is that i it's still okay. i still have the same opinion on these things is that there's if they're really this grand they can't. There's no possible way that they could be this. This uh, I don't know what the word I'm looking for is. It's like it's no possible they they could be this secret pervasive. Yeah, pervasive. Like it's like if it really is this huge grand theory, then there'd be more leaks because human beings leak. Like we're leaky. I know, right? So we're I not going to. Yeah, we're not going to keep these kind of secrets. Like this is a this is a like what they're saying in this film is that it's this is a huge secret that nobody knows about
1: but it's like the people who watch the film
2: (laughs) except for the people who watch film so it's like no if this really was happening then there'd be leaks all over the place right well no i don't think so how could it it be so so secretive i I think human beings are not that not that's intelligent enough to keep this kind of a secret secret
1: well you you so you've got to factor in um Cost of self-preservation and then self-delusion, all that kind of stuff, mm. is you buy into it. You you buy into it, and so it's like um, no. But I'm that's a, that's telling that that's telling us that the
2: prevailing uh, history that we've all been told is is, is false. false. Yeah. And the fact is is that how do, how can we like where can we prove that? There's no way to prove it. Well, it's it, impossible. It, it, it's this is impossible. just the vision that they that they presented is just as as legitimate as the vision that we've Correct. all known. Correct. At
1: least that's what they're saying. It's it's the alternate. What do they call it? It's like an the alternate, alternate history. history. Yeah, it's an alternate history. <laughs> and there is alternate history. You you just talked about it a while ago. The so loser has an alternate history yeah. of what happened. So yeah. we just know the predominant story. We don't know the other one. Um, uh. Yeah, but or, if, the, if it actually did happen, don't you
2: think it'd be more leaky? Like, no. instead of it just being like a, a, a little subset of, of of the world believing this, it should be like a lot of people scattered all over the place believing this?
1: Well, so now you're starting to see when you institutionalize that knowledge, what the power of that is. They can memory hole it and, and it just disappears. No, I can um, understand. Nowadays you can't.
2: Nowadays you can't because because you know the access to information is really controlled. But I guess it was controlled then too. Yeah. Right. It's like access that, to information has always been be, controlled. Yeah.
1: Correct. Uh, the um, let's see. Um, you know, I know I've read this, but it's been a really long time. On Liberty by John Stuart Mill. It oh yeah, I actually have it in my bookcase right here. In your bookcase. Yeah. Um, <laughs> i I know I read it, but I. I don't remember what I remember is we talked about it in, in mass communication class
0: mm-hmm.
1: as being a, one of those things where they stand up and they start developing what free speech kind of really is. It's, it's, you know it's you're going against the 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 thing they were worried about then is um, where they have a special term. If I think about it. Not preordained. It's, but it's like that. You have to oh prior consent. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. To publish anything, you have to have prior consent, which Mm -hmm. was basically the king saying, "Yeah, we'll publish this. No, we're not going to publish that." Yeah. So Uh,
2: censorship has always been right. Always been happening. It's
1: always been a a factor within the power. That's one of the perks of power is you can. Nope, we're not going. We're not going to do that. I mean, you can call that censorship, and in a lot of ways, it is. The the better idea may get censored out because it's too difficult to do, or uh, it's not low-hanging fruit, which is one of my pet peeves. Is they do the low-hanging fruit and forget about the other stuff, and it's still hanging out there for the next time. But isn't it true?
2: Isn't it true that? So it's actually, if you think about it, this is now is the best time because there are alternative avenues. Correct. To get to this information that's being censored by the the big big companies.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is one of those. This, you, I, I mean, I'm not
2: saying any of this stuff is true. I'm, I'm just not saying that I'm It's not. an alternative. It's an alternative version. It's just like uh, you know, reading. Who's that? There's an there's an author. There's a science fiction author who does alternative histories. He writes alternative histories all the time, right? Um, and then one of them is the Philip K. Dick, who did the the Nazi one. Nazis win. And Japan wins the Second World War or something yeah, like that. And uh, i turned heard that. Into that. A I've never read it. They turned that into a series. It's on Amazon. But hmm. yeah, there's there's lots of alternative histories. But these guys are saying that this is what really happened. And it was uh, subverted. Up. And yep. a different story was told. Yep, yep. And, but sure, you know and there's happens. lots of holes in the story. There's lots of holes in our story that we know. And there's lots of holes
1: in their story. So there's holes in both stories. <laughs> Man, I'm just nothing but a Swiss cheese. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I know that there's, there's, in, I th- I think I personally, I think working out your inconsistencies is part of your, is, is a growth thing, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I'm going to tell you that it's not e that's not an easy thing. It sounds easy, but I, there's some, there's some, um, things that go back before I've told you the story of how Dutch came about. Right. Okay. So there's some stuff that I thought would be kind of really easy. No man, that character, those character traits, there those things are deeply ingrained mm-hmm. because they still pop up at the strand at the strangest time when it doesn't make any sense for them to pop up mm. anyway. And and I still have to contend with them as, as um my my brother in law says, How can you tell me that you're an introvert and you talk to everybody? I said, You're saying that after 25 years of work. <laughs> you're seeing the result you're not seeing the way it was uh when you know when i was i would get the the cold sweats to going to to a networking event or i remember probably the first time i actually had a real anxiety about was i was doing door-to-door vacuum cleaner sales mm-hmm. man oh man i was i was so nervous
0: oh yeah that
1: sweat and all kind because of, i was going in i didn't know these people. i still do not like going to places where i do not know anybody i've mm. done it but i really really don't like it mm. which probably limits my opportunities because because of that so what what
0: is it about it that you don't like i'm curious i get I, well it gives me if i
1: know some one person i know i can go talk to them and it's like um, an icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess that's probably the best thing is you break the ice with the crowd because other people see you talking to them and then they say, well, maybe he'll talk to me too or maybe he's interesting enough. And it kind of, it's, that's kind of what happens, I think. Mm-hmm. In networking events, you go there, somebody's got you, and this is, this is kind of one of my beliefs is when we did networking events, so this is after you. This is when we were doing in Huntsville. Mm-hmm. where i would be standing there talking to somebody and i would go i would do the the um the bridge where you turn around do you know so-and-so and uh, or hi jim uh, how are you doing do you know so-and-so and i just bridge them over and let them talk and go on mm-hmm. that's how i got myself out of out of um, um out of um conversations is to bridge it over and turn it and let them do it yeah because it's
2: like it's like an introvert you don't really want to be part of the conversation (laughs) well you do
1: but you want you want to there's certain there's certain things that introverts if if you can't get the introvert to do the deep conversation you can't get your conversational partner to go deep and unfortunately that usually means that with some of us they're going way deeper than they intended to go right and so you're 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 like an, uh, what am I saying? An intimacy, uh, you're in the intimacy care- territory and you know, it, and you know, they know it. And I've there, there are people that I know I would do that and probably never have another conversation with because I wasn't smart enough then to share intimate things with me. Mm-hmm. You understand what I'm saying Yeah. is when yeah. they, uh, we call it self-disclosure when they self-disclose something that they probably wouldn't say to everybody i've learned over the years you need to self-disclose something as close as possible to show that you're that they have something on you you know it's it's like they're giving you their, their dirt and you need to share some of yours so it's an equal thing this yeah is, it's kind of
2: like we were talking about the principle of reciprocity right, right? if somebody gives you a gift you feel like you want to reciprocate with the same kind of gift and especially if it's something that's well, intimate you, like that you, you yeah figure, if you oh. want
1: to maintain the, re- the so relationship so you keep thinking what can i reveal that yeah i know <laughs>
2: that's why you should always have something ready
1: i do I, I did back early early days i didn't but i do have stories now yeah. and, and in fact dutch is, is a really good example because I mean you got to get pretty deep before you start getting the Dutch story mm-hmm. um, because there's there's several different versions of it. Yeah. there's there's like the grandma and grandpa version, but then there's the really closer to the truth version about including the, the Berlin wall falling and I mean it's a long extended story. It took a long time <laughs> for me to come to some kind of realization. And what I thought I would, do, when I changed my, you know, started using Dutch as my moniker, I thought, well, this will happen. I'll be a new person. No, 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 no. no, no. no. You're, the, you're <laughs> the same old me, you
2: know? <laughs> well, what's interesting is that, uh, no, that's exactly right. I mean, I, I'm reading this book right now. It's called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. Mm-hmm. And that it's, all, it's all about, yeah, I, I should send you a link to it. You can take a look at it. Um, It's all about realizing that, 95 percent of the time we're on autopilot and yeah. based on habits that we've already created so you know right. we, we we don't actually do anything unique and different of course except for our show which we do every week of course which is unique which and is unique and
0: different every, every time
2: every time uh but he says that we're all slaves of our environment our body and our time yeah and and what happens is we kind of fit into the framework of our environment, our body, and our time every day because it makes it easier for us to like deal with life, right? right? Because we just do what we did yesterday. It's kind of like we were talking about the past. Is the past still around? Well, it's still around in the fact that we're maintaining it by saying, "Oh, I'm going to do what I did yesterday." And if you do something often enough, it becomes part of your personality, right? Correct. And you, you feel got, comfortable. But you got to break that. It's, yes you it's like, have to break you know, that if you want to do something different so i'm only about halfway through the book and and yeah we're getting to the part where he's talking about breaking it <laughs> so okay. I, I, I don't have any tips on how to break it yet but i'll send you i'll post well, it in the it, notes and I'll, I'll send it to you too have but we
1: uh, talked about uh susan jeffries uh this goes back several and several mm, couple of decades now it is uh Fill the fear and do it anyway
2: oh yeah yeah i have that book too I have that book too
1: i I uh, use that all the time that's my, that's my strategy <laughs> that's 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 a part that that's a huge part of breaking that introversion from the nineteen like the late eighties into the nineties yeah is i i would do th- i would and i'd tell my class uh, i would say okay my my class my classes uh, what i ought to say is they they either loved me or hated me <laughs> <laughs> and it it, it it depended on what i was doing so one of my classes, uh, nearly all my classes, I would have them go out and get somebody to smile at them. Well, mm-hmm. see, Texas A&M has a thing called the Howdy tradition where you say, Howdy, Howdy, Howdy. And it's, and it's mm-hmm. just an ongoing thing whenever the freshmen are online, which is kind of cool. But my Texas Aggie students, and I never knew this, is that I'd have them write it up. Says, how did how did you get somebody to smile to you this kind of stuff to, so I was trying to teach them to relate to other people and more than one of them, like I, more than a handful, like probably a 30% of the, would trip themselves to get the person to talk to them. Hmm. That was, a, I'm like, I've never done that. <laughs> trip yourself. <laughs> Must be a pickup thing, but and in Interesting. In the, <laughs> the 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 other one was is that some of my more enterprising Aggies would use this as a way to hit on people. Yeah, and I, eventually it was so predominant. So okay, this is not the same as hitting on somebody. This is <laughs> getting somebody to smile at you. That's yeah. it. Yeah, you have to learn to teach. You know, but the don't you I'm just t-
2: smile at them and then that's how they smile at a, you? See, that's,
1: that's the easier. lesson I'm trying to teach them to mm-hmm. to, to um, pick up. Now this comes from. Um, I would walk on campus uh, at my alma at McMurray. I'd walk around and, and the smirk doesn't work. And mm-hmm. if you're, and I would hear this from my classmates. So they would, they would give, they would, occasionally we'd have some feedback saying, you sit there and you smirk at us or you're, or you're smug or all kinds of stuff,
0: mm-hmm. which
1: taught me that the teeth matter. If you mm-hmm. don't show your teeth, then your smile can be interpreted as a smug or a smirk, yep. or uh, you know any negative things, which is not what I was thinking. I thought I was what I thought I was doing is giving them a pleasant face to look at because i have been up there giving these speeches <laughs> and knew what was out there, <laughs> which also has yeah. A you're supposed speech. to be the expert, man. I know, and they, <laughs> them too. These are com classes, public speech classes. And I'm, so I'm giving these things and I'm, a pleasant smile. What ha, what also happened is being the pleasant face in the crowd is I get a lot of eye contact,
0: mm-hmm.
1: a lot, a lot eye contact. In fact, I tell my students, uh, do not look at me. I'm making <laughs> notes. I am watching you and I have a pleasant smile. We'll let you know you will never be able to read my face. Do not use me to determine your message use your audience (laughs) i said i'm the power in the room you're going to want to do it that way because you know you've got to overcome that
0: yeah do
1: not look at me and i'm right you're looking at me too much
2: (laughs) oh man Man.
1: Uh, those classes public speech classes were i really learned a lot i really did Mm mm-hmm so oh, you, had, I got you learned?
2: Did you learn how to actually stand in front of a crowd and speak? Oh yeah,
1: I mean, okay, it's good. an impromptu speech. Um, even even coming, I know the formulas so well that I've used them in impromptu speeches where I was there was no one there, and actually the one I'm thinking about is I got there and the guy was at his retirement party, and the next week he unretired.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I well, know I, I do, probably I didn't. Do, do,
2: impromptu speeches easily enough i just can't do prompt juice is that the planned speeches because yeah. i always keep think i'm gonna miss something like major okay. major is there like a is there like a trick or a technique so or something what i would tell
0: you
1: can... so let me go through what i would what i would tell my students is more than likely when you're practicing your speech you practice until you make your first mistake and then you start over mm-hmm. right what you want to do is is do the same thing with the end of your speech, so you end up with, with a really strong conclusion. Mm. So that's one thing. You, you work or you push through the mistakes. I would tell them, says, look, make a mistake early in the speech so it takes the pressure off you. And more than likely, I won't notice it no, none of your audience. will. It, oh yeah, no, it,
2: the audience doesn't even notice it. Right. And not only that, not only that, the audience forgets. Oh yeah. you did. <laughs> so it's like, if you think it's just, I'm going to go up there, I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to go away. And maybe one or two people might remember what mm-hmm. I've done. You realize that the stakes are way lower. Oh yeah. Think. Like the stakes, are, what, the stakes are super low. <laughs> the uh, So don't work yourself up over something that's really low stakes. Right. The, the,
1: yeah. It's, um, so if you're so do you get the anxiety, like, like stage fright types of things before you go on? Oh, yeah. Okay. So but I just
2: feel the fear and do it anyway,
1: right? <laughs> yeah, okay. I, I'm a little <laughs> bit more practical than that. Um, my, first, my first attempt at that was to get up and I would, I would walk it off. I, before my, I'd go in to do the class, I'd walk around to uh, the classroom or something to burn off the excess energy. Yeah. Uh, cause I'm, it, it can overwhelm you in, in early on. Um, then I finally, then I learned one that I thought was pretty cool. And I'm, I'm not sure where I picked it up. Honestly, is that you would go in and tense your, as you're sitting there, you would tense your body up to mm-hmm. help burn off the court is cortisol.
0: Mm.
1: You need to burn off the cortisol so that you can get up there. And once I learned to do that, it's, it's like a, an intentional uh, tense your entire body up to burn that stuff off. And then, it, it, then you get up there and it's kind of relax. Um, after I learned to do that, especially in like, a, I, I guess I didn't do a very good job. When I did um, South by Southwest, I probably should have done it. I was so involved with the tech that I didn't have the time to to do that. And I made a few errors that I wish I hadn't made. Right. But but I was up in front of, you know, in front of a South by Southwest. You have no idea who these people are. Mm -hmm. That's the other thing is learn is you do not control your audience and you're not in control. The only thing you actually control is what comes out of your mouth and that's it. Yeah. You do not control you're not responsible for what they hear. They're not responsible for what they take away. None of that stuff. Even even when people say, "Well, the takeaways. What were your takeaways today?" That's what. We'll, that's usually what they train us to do. And and you, it's always amazing what they come up with. If you take the time to do it, you will. You will. It's feedback on what's going on, and it's always amazing what they hear hear you say. Yeah. Well, so, I find that
2: the. The moment I start talking, mm-hmm. it's fine. Yeah, like, absolutely. it's fine. It's like I, It's like it's like it peaks the moment I you walk out onto the stage, but then as soon as you start talking, you feel like oh okay, this is fine.
0: Yeah, it's, um,
2: it's almost like if I could just get over that first part. <laughs> well, that's what,
1: that's kind of what I'm saying. Is kind of is do something to make it like a, I'm not. Uh, do not start with the joke. I I would tell my cause do not start, do not open your mouth with a rhetorical question. Yeah. Uh, that's a, Wouldn't you like to be, I uh, call them cheerleader openings, because wouldn't you like to be a better person? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is yes. <laughs> okay. No, I want to be a horrible person. <laughs> a, ask something that's not, you know, that's thought-provoking, not in a, a yes or no question. And so... I would, I would, man, I would, I would nail them on that. You open a rhetorical question. (laughs) Like I said, my, some of my students really love me. Some of them hated me.
2: (laughs) Well, here's, so here's another thing. Well, look, going back to that 12 hour extravaganza, Mm -hmm. one of the things that uh, they mentioned, which I thought was interesting is that they said Einstein was, was, he basically lifted his entire set of theories from somebody else yeah like point, point care or something like that and i haven't had a chance to research this yet but i thought that's interesting it's like i guess that is possible because that happens in science all the time right people well, yeah. just lift from each other and then they they add their own they grow bit. it they
1: expand yeah. on it or magnified or amplified yeah. but or what something they were like saying that. was that oh he was like a total fraud and
2: he just you know what he came up with has nothing to do with reality and this other guy was more real and they, they pumped them up because of, you know, it's the same same thing again. It's like, we got to promote this, these type, right. these people over these people. And it's like, I, I don't know how much of that stuff is real. Right? I mean, well, you, I, apparently there's alternative to- theories that are not quantum based. And they're like, oh, what, you mean quantum reality doesn't exist? The, the whole quantum thing is just a thought experiment and it, it doesn't really exist. And I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Is that possible? Is it possible there's no such thing as quantum mechanics?
0: Well, but we've proven it. Haven't, haven't there, there been...
1: there, within this within this matrix, we've proven it. What about yeah. the other matrix? There's probably a matrix out there that says, oh, this is bunk. Yeah. Now you're getting down which, which, which quantum reality are we dealing with? Because it's right. possible a quantum reality doesn't have uh, that theory um but if we are living basis. in a the
2: simulation then somebody could have just added it
1: right <laughs> exactly
2: <laughs> that's what i'm saying so i'm writing a short i'm writing a short story right now called god's little call center i don't know if i told you about this no go ahead and uh basically what it is is that um we find out two things almost simultaneously one that we do live in a simulation and the simulation was written by a programmer whose name is god and and <laughs> He has a call center. He, she, it, whatever the entity is, has a call center. And if you get through to the call center, you can ask the call center for something, but most of the time uh, you can't get through to the call center or it's just too busy or you'd have to wait on hold or whatever. So that's the premise of the story and I have to figure out what kind of, what actually happens in it.
1: <laughs> well, okay, so,
2: what if that were true so if we are right. living in a simulation it wouldn't matter i think we talked about this already right because we're already in a simulation but if we are in a simulation then is there any reason why they can't introduce it's kind of like patches right if we live in a right. video game uh you know god says hey you know uh, uh we didn't have quantum mechanics before but uh they're digging now into this do. thing now you do here you go and and then let's you, you guys play with that for a few decades." and uh then you know in a few decades i'll I'll introduce something new to just to just mess with your heads
1: (laughs) but that that goes back to what we talked about we get closer to the truth but we're never going to get to the
2: truth well yeah that's why i'm thinking the the truth is actually just what we all agree is true it's a moving target right it's it changes all the time so that's why i thought well can if you took all of the world's information and fed it into an ai then the ai would just reflect back on us what it th- thought was the truth but at least it wouldn't color it right because it, it doesn't have its own filter well, no
1: but it no but so would it happens?
2: lie would it be li- able to lie it wouldn't be able to lie would well,
1: it? it would be the coloring in the day so you'd have to go in there i would guess I could go in there and say, okay, your your base data that you're using to build your AI off of is contaminated. So you have to go in there and do all oh man, uh, data validity and reliability and all these things that that they do when we're doing changeovers. Um, that that would also have to happen to make sure that the contamination of the data was clean. I don't know right. how you're going to do it because I right. don't think you on the level you're talking about i don't think you can do that it's, well because
2: we, but it, it, we can get closer in the same way we're getting closer yes. now right we can just you, say you can you, get closer
1: and you can put some kind of reliability factor on saying okay this is like 80 percent reliable you know and w- when you're working with statistics best i remember there's like a five percent always a five percent chance that you're wrong yeah now, i yeah. forget which test that is but it's a t-test or T test. I I forget. It's one of those things that I I remember, but I I don't remember exactly which one it is. Yeah. It's but once important. again, I
2: mean, this could this may have nothing to do with the actual truth, if there is one. Right. Right. So we so, may be completely wrong. So <laughs> think a, about it's this. It's just our it's just our consensual
1: uh, hallucination. Take all those five percent. Uh, every every five percent that they could have been wrong. And put them in one pool and then start mm-hmm. to see what the anomalies, what the patterns are within the anomalies that that, that are not being portrayed to the general public. Right. The, the, what, going back to what we were saying is we the victor writes the the victor writes the history, take the loser's side. Right. And see what comes out. And I'll bet you it's a, it would be a very interesting. Now, almost probably as valid as as the winter side. Mm. But,
2: well, I, I mean, you could that'd be fun. You I can't think. prove well, you can't. But can you actually prove any of it? Because everything, no, well, like okay. I said, everything is debunk- Everything is debunkable.
1: Well, I was going to say this when you use that word. There's magic power within that word. I I wonder what it is because they said, "Oh, that's been debunked," and that's the end of the investigation. Okay. <laughs> In most cases, the end of the investigation comes, oh, that, that's debunked. And I will hear that, oh, no, that's been debunked. I said, yeah. by who?
0: Yeah, Oh, and by how, the New York Times. How is GI. it
1: debunked? That's the thing. How is a good one. Is by the New York Times debunked it. And I said, really? You're going to use <laughs> that? Come on. An institution doesn't debunk anything. Yeah. They, they touted party lines. Yeah, uh, so anyway,
2: well, that's the New York Times for you, but they're, they're part and of it, the, they, but they're part of the whole,
1: the whole the cabal. media cabal. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: they are. Yeah. But that's the thing that's like when you when you when you, when you read this thing, it's like when, when I was watching this thing, I thought to myself, OK, this is this is uh, possible. Yeah. But it still doesn't lead me to think that there's it's still not getting to the nub of who's behind all of this, right? because
1: well it could be both it it could be
2: i mean okay this is one vision saying that who's behind it right and then you know we have the cabal and and our and uh schwab and all that stuff it's like somebody's behind them too so somebody's behind the west somebody's behind this and it's like uh, there's still some group of people or overseers or something some entity Going, you know, playing with the pieces on the chessboard.
1: Welcome to the Anunnaki and the (laughs) Pallades. That's where you're going.
2: Oh, you ready? Are you ready for
1: another rabbit hole? Uh, uh, The Anunnaki and the Pallades.
2: Okay, spell that.
1: Sell it. Oh, spell it. Spell it. A-N-N-A-K... I -I 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 think it's K-A-K-I. You'll get close enough, and is based on, Palladians is based on is based on the Pleiades star, star system. It's P L E I, P L A
2: I, P L A I, something like that. Yeah, that's probably it. okay. Yeah, okay. I gotta, I gotta search this out. But okay, t- talk. Tell me about it. What is this?
1: Well, so on one side you got, uh, if I understand this right, the Anunnaki
0: would be like um, is the uh, is the Norse
1: more or less in landed on the northern continent of Europe. Mm-hmm. And the Pallades are like the dragon people and they were down in um, Middle East, I think. Right. Mm-hmm. Something like that. So the, the and so there is within the, this is one that that I went okay that they had they had huge wars that destroyed the the remnants of a civilization. So there, some of the some of the things that you'll run across in this one, I'm not going to go too much into the two groups. It's more like the after effects that that they they will they will, This is that alternate picture They will cherry pick what they're doing and say okay this is Pallades and this is anunnaki and they had a war between the two of them or something like that Mm. and and destroyed civilization and we had so a lot of the buildings that are existent is we just moved into them we didn't build them we just moved into them
0: Mm. is this
2: the one where we're like everything just destroys itself and over and over and over again and we're like on the 12th destruction no sort of i haven't
1: run across one i am kind of familiar with the concept but but these are both um, greek
2: Greek mythologies right because anunnaki is the is one of the primordial deities and Pleiades are the seven sisters right yep is it so these are this is greek greek mythology ladies is
1: is is uh seven sisters mm-hmm. they're supposedly the planet they're from the planet within the constellation okay anunnaki i would have to go in and, and look at where that came from I'm anunnaki not really sure.
2: from what i've seen is uh, one of the primordial g- gods and i don't remember this one because i i hey i'm greek i should i did mythology classes
1: <laughs> i read mythology uh, books a and lot uh
2: you've got siblings of Kronos, gaia Nyx, yeah. and tartarus and chronos and gaia familiar with but these other two i mean tartarus is uh is uh what death or something like that so and i think i Nyx think is the goddess scared. of night and tartarus is the the deep abyss that is used as a dungeon of torment and suffering sounds like hell
1: yeah it sounds like um what's his name um he's the god of the underworld but
0: Ceri? these are
2: these are not are they pre- are they but they're the nymphs the pleiades the nymphs? pleiades are nymphs so the nymphs and the nymphs and one of the that must uh, be a
1: greek thing because in the way we talk they talk about them as the wizard people
2: so so okay so i should look at the disintermediation or not disintermediation disambiguation
1: (laughs) so one of the things that goes along with that is the rh factor they Mm. that's a very interesting thing as you said oh rh factor yes what is that what's the deal with that it's the rhesus monkey and So this is kind of counter. So there's there's like the uh, lady side and Anunnaki side, and they do not intermarry because there's no. If they intermarry, there's no progeny that comes out of them, or or very few of them survive. Mm. Because we cannot, we have. That's one of the blood factors we have to we have to take into account when we're doing transfusions. They do not mix, and and when you put the baby together. Best time I remember RH factor, you have to do something so that the baby survive. this is now. You have to do something with the child to bring it to um, term. Hmm. And I, 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 this is really reaching back in biology. I remember it, but bringing it into the context of, okay, there's, there's like the RH factor people, and there's the RH, uh, RH positive and RH negatives. And I forget which one is which within the context of this thing, but they suppose when they intermarry and have progeny, they most often do not survive. so that's like contrary to evolutionary theory, hmm. is that we do we're not evolving we're well, we might be evolving now, we we don't I We have medications that will help get over the hump so you can bring mm-hmm. the child. So we may be using that to create a whole new human. I'm not sure how it works. But it's so an that, interesting thing.
2: Yeah, I've never I mean, I've heard the uh, I, you know, I didn't hear about this until just the other day when I was looking to apply for my Greek Greek citizenship. and mm-hmm. apparently RH factor was one of the things that they used to ask for on the card. And I'd never heard of this before. And apparently there's also like, a whole bunch of things that they used to ask for like for example shape
1: of head right
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm like
1: shape of head <laughs> yeah i got chrome dome i'm, dry- I'm you know <laughs>
2: well uh- yeah so this rh blood thing is uh so how many different types are there this is like there's five different antigens or there's like 48 different. Five of the no, most anti five of the most important. And are you saying that none of these
1: can mix? You're getting, you're getting to my least favorite field in science: is biology. No, biology. I'm, I'm like, you know, you're so asking me. So what? Tell me. me.
2: Well, tell me about the Anunnaki and Pleiades.
1: Uh, they're, they ward. Is that right? That's one of the things. That's one of the explanations that they have for okay for some of the buildings that that are still on Earth that we don't understand. How they built them? I mean, the pyramids being one, and all the monoliths, all these kinds of things. How did they lift this stuff? I mean, mm-hmm. even moving the stuff is is so. That's kind of tied into that is they think that there was a preexisting civilization and this is the remnants. You mm-hmm. can probably find. A, you can probably. I honestly, my sister asked me, and I said, Lori, I said. I know what you're talking about, but I really, there's, I have enough rabbit holes. This is not one that I decided to go down. (laughs) I I don't think I can, I I can't find anything on that. Which, which,
2: on which part? If I search for both of these at the same time, I can't find anything. Is it, uh, do I need to use a different search uh, engine? (laughs) Welcome
1: to the cabal. Yeah, you might want to.
2: Do I have to go into the, uh, is it the Pleiadians? Is that what we're looking oh, well, what, my, oh 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 here we go this is a different this is not the same Anunnaki. it's anu a-n-n-u-n-a-k-i okay okay i saw i see it the pleiadians and Inaki. okay uh found it have fun <laughs> have fun <laughs> well give me the what's, what's the short version here is this um is this like they they they're the progenitors of humanity is that is that it or
1: um okay so one of uh, I'm trying to pull on some stuff that I might not have correct. Mm-hmm. More than likely, I don't. One side was kind of like the the side that um, was there to help us grow into a civilization, and that's the an Anunnaki side. The Palladians were more like the, I don't want to say evil, but the um, more selfish. Self, self, yeah, I'm going to stay with selfish mm-hmm. because they would, they intermarried somehow or they intermarried with the human race. And so that's, that's how the RH factor got introduced. That's, mm-hmm. that's what I remember <laughs> because I can't, I mean, RH factor is one of those things that is, I don't really have a good explanation about it. And we ought to probably actually go in and do some, how, where did it come from? Because it, it doesn't, it seems to be one of those things that is immutable. You cannot procreate those two together. There's not a third possibility. Rh positive versus Rh negative. Never the twins meet. And mm-hmm. the, so one of them is like the Anunnaki on one side and the Palladians on the other.
2: Mm.
1: Kind of what I think. So these are um, weird we're their descendants? Some, yes. Okay. That would be a good way to look at it. Uh, hmm. Are are we we evolved from from their interventions? I guess is one way to do it. And this yeah,
2: is this is still the
0: only reality
1: we know, though.
0: Oh, are you kidding? What are you talking to me of
1: the only only? <laughs> you're so caught up in this only black and white stuff. You need to be more gray, as gray as well, you are. Well, we all you need know that there are gray. Mul-
2: many multiverses that none well, of us Well, you part and of.
1: I do, but I, you keep trying to put put me as uh, in black and white. You you, you do understand that, uh, uh, Myers-Briggs, I'm Briggs? I'm a P. <laughs> I thought you were too, because you like you gray areas all over. But I, I guess there's deeper levels of P. <laughs> I hate the way that came out. But... <laughs>
2: we all know that there's many multiverses we just can't access yeah. them we just can't get to them right i'm waiting so why, I'm, uh, why can't we why isn't why doesn't god the programmer the veil. just so you open got up to, open up some uh, portals to alternative well, that, universes already welcome
1: to the world of meditation that's how you've got to pierce the veil <laughs> you've got to learn how to do that mm-hmm. and i'm not sure i'm i'm my close my close encounters with with stepping out of my own reality were scary enough I never really wanted to do it again mm. it's, it, one of them was scary enough I've never been I've never gone there again yeah um and the other one was was like one of them was probably more emotionally based and the other one was more um rational based more logical and all this stuff and neither one of them I said okay there's this is like a video game where you get to the boundary you can't make any more progress because you're not willing to push through and do um uh, uh, what do they call them it's like um there's a it's a more or less a glitch or something where you can you can suddenly become the Uber god of the universe of mm-hmm. that video mm-hmm. game. Yeah and and that kind of thing. Uh, but you've got to be willing to risk crashing your system or something like that to, to make it right. work. I'm right. not ready to crash my system to make it work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> you don't wanna you don't wanna you don't want to be well, you're also cheating, right? You're well, cheating. cheating is so. Cheating is a very interesting phenomenon. It's cheating, wouldn't you think that any any advantage you can find is in your favor, and you should be able to use it? Yeah, you're breaking the rules. It's yeah. kind
2: of like it's kind of like the Kobayashi Maru, right? Right. I mean, he rewrote the software so he could win the simulation. Right. And which uh, we
1: all admire, and we still we still talking about this forty years ago. Do we admire him? <laughs> Should we, we admire him for doing that? <laughs> and 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 we, sh- you should think that w- how can you rewrite the rules so you can win? It right. should be there, shouldn't be any cheating.
2: So, there are all. there's no such thing as cheating, then, was what you're saying. Oh, so cheating does not it. exist.
1: Well, it does in the academic world <laughs> because when you get out of the academic world, you're that's pretty much the end of the cheating you ever hear. But I mean isn't it as y. a as a game, as a game da- guy
2: yeah. you should you understand that games must have rules. Oh
1: yeah it, and it, if you break totally the rules this.
2: then do you still have a game? Right? If well, all of a sudden in so, chess I said, "Oh, you know, now my rooks can move diagonally." Right. <laughs> but I I felt like breaking that rule and the, you know the game is what happens to the game? The game's no longer a game, is it? Well,
1: without, so without, without without that's an interesting metaphor. Let's go with it for just mm-hmm. a minute. Uh, let's Let's say that the queen can only move like a rook, mm-hmm. and the diagonal is taken away from the queen, but the rooks can do that. Well, yeah. How's the game change? Well, suddenly you have all these permutations you hadn't ever thought about. No, but I mean, it has to change for everybody. You can't just say player one
2: gets to do whatever. It's like player one's rooks are now queens.
1: Well, for everybody <laughs> playing on the same board, yes, they all have to follow the same rules.
2: Yeah, which is fine as long as the rule doesn't change. But it's like you're saying that you're not changing. You're 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 giving one player unfair advantage over the other by changing the rule for only one player.
1: Right. You. So I would say, let me think about this a minute. The reason, as you say, changing the rules, like, and I I took this from Kirk. When these people um, go to trainings things, I'm more likely to do this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, they go out there and this this is your matrix or something. Go in there and change the payoff. Uh, the game I'm thinking of in in my mind is called uh, win as much as you can. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's teaching you interteam con- conflict and all this kind of stuff. But the way that you that I would approach it now is to go up to the board where they've written the payouts and change the payouts where we can all win.
0: Mm.
2: Well, can you do that?
1: <laughs> you know, so it's I've, like
2: everybody's,
1: everybody it, wins. Yeah. Or they've lessened, so they're like usually like five points different. It's like you get five points this way, you get 10 this way. If you do this, you get 15. You know? So if you work mu- mutually together, you get 15 points. If you work as an individual you get five i think and you get 10 if you no you get 10 if you work oh hell i gotta go back and look at the payout because you really have to look you have to understand the the cost benefit of the payout matrix to make it work to make it work it's called uh prisoners if you want this now this is a good this is game theory uh mm-hmm. type rabbit hole it's prisoner's dilemma mm-hmm. and so they have all these matrices that they have worked out um and i honestly i think trump has a has a, a game theorist has in his in his little cabal that is just beating the crap out of the, the other cabal yeah i i, <laughs> I mean just, just...
2: well we uh, we're out of time but i want to talk about politics <laughs> So we'll have to talk about it next week. OK, put
1: down politics. <laughs>
2: and because uh, and, because speaking of that, I mean, I've been hearing that uh, the polls are not as
1: favorable as they used to be. You think that's oh, all bullshit? <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. You think we're disaffected by 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 Trump having rallies <laughs> versus somebody. Oh, oh, what was the one? Um, do you you know who Steve Ducey is?
2: Uh, name sounds familiar but i don't
1: he's so he's the son of a of an of a fox news anchor and he's a news he's a fox news reporter for the white house he's in the white house press corps mm-hmm. go and look at the stuff he does to the press secretaries. it is hilarious <laughs> so he catches i mean he's got him he's got it um what was the one she said uh, he was talking about him walking over the border and he's just, and she looks at him, you know, it's not how, that's not how it works. And he goes, it's literally how it works.
2: <laughs> awesome. I'll check that out. Okay. So <laughs> I right. got a
1: notice for, for the other one that is in about, in about half an hour, which is good enough for me to go use the bathroom. Yeah. Which is what I need. To do. All right, okay. Sir. I'll talk to you in 30 minutes. Talk to you later. Bye. All right. Bye.
0: To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect